What if I told you that there's a cure for chronic pain? Yes, for that pain you were told you would just have to manage. And what if I told you that that cure is already inside of you? Would you believe me? Welcome to the Let's Talk Mind Body Healing podcast, where we talk about how to truly alleviate chronic suffering. I'm your host, Melissa Jaramus, and I'm really pleased to be here with you for episode number 20. So the big 2-0, that's pretty, uh, I feel great about that, getting 20 episodes out. That's an amazing achievement for me. Anyway, in this episode, I speak with Megan Evans, who is the founder of a program called the MS Stage. And Megan is a pretty inspiring woman. So in this episode, you will hear her discuss how she uses the mind-body connection to help manage her multiple sclerosis. And through her program, the MS Stage, she helps others with MS also to use the mind-body connection in their own healing journeys. And this is really the sort of healing that incorporates mind, body and spirit. And she has some really amazing stories to really demonstrate that. Um, Amazing, amazing stories of the healing that she has been a part of through her program. Now, multiple sclerosis is an autoimmune disease. And if you've been in the mind-body space long enough, you will know that autoimmune diseases were originally sort of excluded, I guess. Um, They were sort of always labeled more medical in origin. And John Sarno, the founder of all of this, you you could say, uh, in particular, excluded them. So when Megan contacted me to tell me that she's been using mind-body tools to work with MS, I was really excited to hear what she had to say. And I think what she has to say really aligns with what we're seeing more and more is that the mind-body connection, um, you know, particularly working with the nervous system, listening to your body and working with emotions, really does play a pretty big role in these conditions, likely in onset management and remission. So something to pay attention to is the way Megan talks about how pretty much everyone she works with finds that they were repressing, you know, heaps of themselves prior to their diagnosis and how learning to listen to the body really does play a big part in alleviating symptoms, which, you know, is super similar to chronic pain and all the other TMS symptoms and all the other stories we hear on this podcast. Um, Something to note, though, is that Megan is working alongside a medical practitioner and takes an MS drug. So it is important, particularly if your condition is, you know, something like MS that can be uh, progressive and severe, that you do work alongside a medical practitioner when needed and that you always get clearance before starting this work. Um, So go and get that reassurance. Um, Okay. But anyway, I hope this episode inspires you to see what is possible, to see how powerful this work is and to reflect on how transformative it can be for you for whatever symptoms you are experiencing, whatever diagnosis or label you've been given. Um, But anyway, before we get on to this episode, I have one last thing I want to chat about. So recently put a little question up on my Instagram story, asking people to tell me what their favorite nervous system regulation tools are. So mine are meditation and breath work, which you hear me talk about often. Uh, And lately I'm also really enjoying a scream drive. So basically... It's a short drive where I get in the car and I yell and scream and just like get out that kind of uh, nervous energy, I guess, that I've been holding in. Um, I guess some of the other answers I got from people, which people volunteered, were uh, self-hugs, bushwalking, breathing, running, swimming, walking barefoot on the grass and taking a hot bath. So... um, Basically, these are things that just make you go, ah, yeah. And you just feel your nervous system let go. You feel yourself drop into your body, into that sense of safety. So this month, what I'm going to do is I'm going to challenge you to find something that works for you. If you know what that is, great. If you don't, maybe try some of these things on the list or try something that intuitively appeals for you. And if it's something quick like self-hugs, then do it every day. And I actually really like that one, self-hugs, because it really epitomizes what we're doing here. So as a previous podcast guest said, we're learning to find safety from within. 
So in that, you know, you're holding yourself there. So if it's quick, as I said, do it every day, or I don't know if I said that, but do it every day. Um, but if it's something slightly long, like bushwalking, I don't know, get out and try and do it, I don't know, at least maybe twice, indulge a little, right? Find something that makes you go, oh, and um, do it more than once this month. Learning how to do this for ourselves and learning how to keep doing this over and over again is going to get you out of pain, keep you out of pain. Really important for healing, for looking after your nervous system, building that window of tolerance. Okay, um, that's it. That's all I wanted to talk about, I think. Again, as usual, don't forget, you can follow the show, Facebook, Instagram, great places to contact me if you have any questions. Don't forget to rate and review all the usual uh, I'll play my regular usual disclaimer and then we'll get onto the show and you can hear Megan talk all about uh, emotions and MS and how it's all connected and just really listen into some of those amazing stories she's got and even her own story is just incredible. Okay, off we go. I am a provisional psychologist with my PhD or my doctorate in education, but I'm not a medical doctor. So all of the content that I provide about mind-body healing in any medium, including but not limited to this podcast and my social media channels, is for informational purposes only. No content provided by me is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. The purpose is to promote broad understanding and knowledge of various health topics. If you choose to use any information provided by me, you do so solely at your own risk. Always seek the guidance of your doctor or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding your health or medical condition. Do not embark on a mind-body healing journey until you have the clearance from your healthcare practitioner to do so, until you have discussed how to apply mind-body healing to your own individual case. The methods discussed by guests on the show are not necessarily endorsed by me. Welcome to the Let's Talk Mind Body Healing podcast. I'm your host, Felicia Daramus, and today I'm here with the ever so lovely Megan Evans, who is the founder of a program called The MS Stage for people living with multiple sclerosis. Now, again, to prepare for this interview, I spent a little bit of time having a look around your Instagram and your website, which I will link for everyone in the show notes. And I must say that your work is pretty inspiring, and I really can't wait to hear more about you and what you do. Thank so, you so much. Yeah, it's really, um, I'm really pleased that you got in touch. So to get us started, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your journey with MS? Because if I'm correct, you've been living with MS for 19 years now. Yes. And sort of yep. about how you came to found the MS stage. Mm-hmm. So I was diagnosed at 24 years old. Uh, 19 years ago, I lost feeling on the left side of my body and um, was really literally in the midst of my young career. Yeah, that's so (laughs) young for something like that. It it was so young. And at the time I was living in New York City and on in the process of my first move between New York and L.A. for a job offer Mm -hmm. that I'd gotten out there in the entertainment industry. And I've been in that world. I grew up acting and dancing and was in the theater world. I was a drama dance major in college and was in that world for a long time. And the MS diagnosis really threw me for a loop, um, Mm -hmm. as you can imagine. Um, I continued on my path with my career, but I had my bouts over the years of exacerbations that would slow me down. And it was just in the past few years, I had my worst MS exacerbation ever about five years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was at that point that I knew I had to slow down. At that point, I had been a a personal wardrobe stylist for over 10 years with my own company, traveling for clients all over the place. And I knew I needed to stop. And my that exacerbation just really forced me to slow down. And it really told me something deeper needed to happen emotionally. And I've known for so long that my 
um, you know, that your symptoms are connected to your emotions. And anytime I would get scared or angry or whatever emotion, my, my symptoms would flare. And with that exacerbation, I really went down a deep healing journey with meditation and, and, uh, therapy, to be honest. Um, and that was what led me to sort of realize I needed to make a change, a big change in my life and get back to my creative roots. So it kind of sounds like before you had that huge exacerbation, you were really like pushing quite Mm -hmm. hard. Oh yeah. I was pushing and pushing and pushing. And what I also did was I realized after that big exacerbation that I had been resisting my diagnosis for 14 Mm -hmm. years, Mm -hmm. that it was the, I didn't, I would always say, and I still do because I don't ever want to own the label and I don't believe in that. But I I say I was diagnosed with it and not that I have it or that I am it or whatever. Um, But in that, I didn't actually accept it. So part of my teaching now and what I learned on that big journey was that you have to accept what's happening. You can't fight it. You can't go into fight or flight mode. And I realized I had been in fight or flight mode around it for 14 years, literally. Mm I kind of ignored it. I, I did all the healthy stuff. I went gluten-free. I did, I did dairy-free. I did grain-free. I did all those things. I did homeopathy, acupuncture. I mean, I did everything. And I did that. I did not get on an MS drug for 14 years. But when I had that exacerbation, part of my acceptance was, no, this thing exists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, it, it really exists. That one really threw me for a loop. So it was what I learned was I had to see it like it was its own entity. And this is what I teach and start to have an actual relationship with it, have an acceptance of it. And through that, I finally said, okay, I'm willing to get on an MS drug and I'm willing to do that and the other things. So mm-hmm. I'm on the MS drug and I do all the healthy um, and the mindset and the mindset shift was what really was and the acceptance was the true key to unlocking the healing on a deeper level um and it's a huge part of what I teach now at the MS stage yeah so can you tell me a little bit more about the mindset shift the acceptance and the meditation sort of a little bit more about how you got into that and how that changed things for you Of course. Yeah. And that's funny too, because I had resisted meditation for a long time. Mm. Like I was, I was like, oh yeah, meditation is so great. Right. But like, I didn't really do it consistently. (laughs) I didn't really stick to it. And I wasn't truly a meditator. And I'm the first one to admit that. So when I had that exacerbation, I went down a deep healing path with meditation and, um, Got it. I really, I had always been into Gabby Bernstein's work, but she was one of the ones who that during that period of time, it was like a year or two years. I I went really deep into her work and started doing therapy too, which I had also resisted ironically. Yeah. yeah. So um, I did that, but through the meditation, I discovered a way that I wanted to lead my own meditations. And I started doing it with music, empowering music. So not music that doesn't have lyrics. It's music that you would hear on the radio. It's music with strong lyrics that is super empowering. So I started leading meditations through, with visualizations. So the visualization is visualizing a life of no limitations, of yeah. visualizing a life that is possible for you and starting to feel into your cells so that your cells recognize what that feels like and what that can look like and that that is actually possible for you. And when you begin to experience that and your cells begin to experience that, they begin to wake up. They like that, right? And so once that happens, then shifts can actually happen and, and lives can change. And so I started doing that on my own as well as dancing. And I had all, I had grown up dancing. So in that time frame, I really, my theater roots were calling me. My dance and theater roots were like banging at the door, being like, Megan, we miss you. Come back. And I had kind of literally put all these theater books in a drawer for 20 years, basically in my attic. And oh, I had moved a million times, but I did not get rid of them. I kept them with me the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I went back to all those books and 
started to pull out different methods that I had used back in the day in theater with improv and dance. And I was like, something's here. I can use this. I can use this in my own healing work. And I started to do that with myself. And then I started to do it with women literally around the world. And it's been amazing what has happened in these women's lives that I work with. And I, that is how the MS stage was born. That's how the method became the method. And we dance with our symptoms. We learn to name our symptoms. Um, my left leg, her name is Roxy. <laughs> and Roxy came to me in our meditation. I um, just one day decided as I was meditating, I said, I wonder what my, what, if I named my leg, what that would be like, you know, what would, what would my name want to be called? Mm -hmm. Like, what would, what would that, what would happen if I did that? And so the first name that came to me in meditation was Roxy. And I was like, why Roxy? Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, why? I don't know anybody named Roxy. And then I remembered that, um, my favorite character or one of my favorite characters in the musical Chicago is named Roxy. Renee Zellweger plays her in the movie Chicago on that Miramax did years ago. And so I was like, oh, that makes total sense. Like my leg that had danced with me all those years. And when I was younger in musicals and theater, and um, I was, I had choreographed and wanted to be a Broadway choreographer and director. And I said, oh, my leg wants to be named Roxy. That made total sense to me. So then I started to have this relationship with my leg. Like she was a character in my play. Mm. And I started to, then that became, oh, I know, now I know what she looks like. Now I know how old she is. Now I know who her character is. So now I can have this fun relationship with her. And instead of not liking her and hating her, being angry with her, I can have, I can love her. I can accept her. I can have fun with her and we can dance together and we can do all kinds of things. So that's how it all became what it is. And so my students learn to name their symptoms and you can name each one of them each like I have different names for all different symptoms and that way you can have a relationship you can talk to them if they're acting up you can ask them why they're acting up so they can really start to give you information rather than being mad at them and shutting them down and pushing them away you want to actually accept them see that's that's all amazing um I have heaps of questions just from what you said. Yeah, go one ahead. of the things you just said is you can ask your symptoms why they're acting up. What are the, some mm -hmm. of the reasons why the symptoms act up? Sort of okay, so general reasons. Yeah, yeah. So they might want you to just rest. They mm -hmm. might not like a certain food you're eating. They might tell you that you need to face a certain fear. Or, you know, there's so many different reasons. Um, they might just want you to calm down. They might want you to slow down, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. um, they might, yeah, I mean, there's so many emotions connected to symptoms too. They might be frustrated. And when you ask them why, they'll get, they might give you an answer, you know. Um, and we move with the emotions too. So I created a, a, a um dance a movement exercise called switch and mm -hmm. so we switch different emotions through movement so we go from frustration to ease with our symptoms so we go from frustration to ease or resistance to acceptance or anger to love and so our symptoms can begin to feel what it feels like to switch that emotion in them and get become pot like go into the positive emotions of the of the story so, and once you find what the symptom is trying to tell you, that really is what becomes your superpower because then it's like, oh, right. Roxy's there to tell me to go easy on myself. So when she shows up, I know she's telling me something and then I can either go easy on myself or maybe it's something else that day. And I need to ask her what else that is, or maybe like lately, actually, She's been showing up and wanting more movement from me. She mm, wants me to do more exercise. Like this last week, I was like, what's going on? And she was like, she wanted me to move more. So I've been walking more and 
she's liking it because she's performing. She's walking better for me. And so you just have to be in constant communication with them and really understand that they're trying to work for you. Our cells are trying to work for us. Our bodies are trying to work for us. They're heal. They're, they are our biggest healers, our body. So the more we can communicate with them then, and have a relationship with them, the more they enjoy us, right. Then they'll perform for us. Mm, Our bodies, I would say our bodies are on our sides. They, they have an innate capacity to sort of look after us, but you just have to listen to them. Exactly. We ignore them to our own detriment, I think. Yep. So many students come to me in denial. They're angry uh, at the MS their lives have changed. They feel like they've lost themselves. They don't know who they are anymore. And they're in total denial. I've had a woman who actually just came out of my 12 week program and she's like, her life has totally changed. And she has become like, she, the women go back to their true essence they find themselves again through the program. What I was going to say, it kind of actually sounds like when I listen to your story and you have your theater roots and it was through finally accepting your MS that you got back to your theater roots and it was calling you the whole time kind of sounds like it's an opportunity to actually truly find yourself for the first time rather than you kind of have to lose lose yourself to find yourself if that makes sense I love that yes it's so true because women in fact almost every woman I think if not every woman I've led in my groups has said with doing the program, my program, they've, they're actually now grateful for the MS. (laughs) Now the MS has taught them lessons that they didn't realize they needed to learn. That is is interesting because I always say on the podcast, like I'm grateful for, like I didn't have MS. I had a chronic pain condition. I'm grateful for it. And I always tell people you'll actually be grateful for your symptoms. And it sounds challenging to hear, but like, Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very true because it's changed people's lives. And for a long time, we all think, right, it's changed our lives for the worst. We're, you know, and the the woe is me and the victim Mm -hmm. mode. And well, now I'm not going to be able to do this. Or now I can't envision my life being able to do this or whatever. But actually, (laughs) you can live a life beyond your wildest dreams. Once you accept it, then you can come back to yourself and go, wow. I lost that part of me that now I'm bringing back to life in a new way, whatever that is, whatever that way is. And I have watched women in my groups. They have, Ooh, I just got chills. Um, yeah. One woman discovered her love of music again. She forgot that she loved music and through the MS stage, she's now singing, not professionally, but she's taking guitar lessons. She's singing and who knows where that will lead. Now she wants to be a writer. She wants to write a book. Like all of a sudden these creative outlets that she's a doctor. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden these creative outlets that she normally looks at a screen all day reading reports and labs and whatever and MRIs. And now she's like, oh, but there's this other side of me that I've been like holding on, you know, that deep down I had buried for so many years. And because of this work, she's discovered herself again and she's lit lit up. I mean, you should see the difference in her face, in her body. And now she's literally embodied herself. She was numb and in total denial. She used to run Ironman and like, she was a hardcore athlete, but now, and she came to the MS stage totally shut down. And in 12 weeks, she's like a totally different person. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's truly unbelievable. And that those stories are not just one story that's happening all the time in my groups. And so it's really powerful work. And it came to me, it came through me. That's how I want to describe it. It came through me. Um, I really believe in, I'm a very spiritual person and it came through me at a time that I needed it for myself, but then I realized I could help a lot of people with this work. Yeah, and it sounds like you are helping a lot of people. Thank it's you. Amazing. Yes. Work. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's been my my true body of work. And I I mean, every day I do it, I'm like in joy of it. You know, it's just it's really I feel very blessed to be doing what I'm doing. 
I think you're feeling a, like a great need because it's kind of missing all this sort of go back to yourself, embody yourself, listen to your body, listen to your symptoms. It's it's missing from the medical system. We don't get it, any of that. So no. And I felt like there was a gap in the support mm. system around MS, you know, and there's a gap in every support system in the medical world, to be honest with you, this work could work for anything. I started with MS, who knows where it will go. I knew MS the best. So that's what I wanted to connect with and start with. Um, but I believe it can work for anyone in any situation with any disability, with any limitation or anything. Yeah. I mean, it's all about the mindset shift and there is a gap, not as many people. Well, now it's becoming more prevalent. Breath work is becoming more popular. Meditation is becoming more popular. Somatic work is becoming more popular, but this work combines sort of all of it. (laughs) It's hard to explain. Um, It's, it's hard to explain without having long conversations like this, to be honest with you, you know? Um, Yeah, it is. Yeah but I appreciate you for, for listening. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is the most like interesting, amazing kind of thing. Um, Oh, thank you. So something you said way, way, way back at the start that I've taken a note of. Okay. Which you talked about when you were scared or angry, your symptoms Mm -hmm. get exacerbated. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about that and the emotional connection for the listeners and how all of that is connected? Yeah. I mean, our bodies are our temples, right? And if we have an emotional response sitting in our nervous system and our nervous system is holding that, it's going to show up in a symptom, right? Because our symptoms are really just messengers. It's our body's way of giving us a message. And so for, so if you're, like you said, so if you're angry, and your body's holding on to the anger, then likely it will show up in some kind of symptom um, or any any of those negative emotions. So what I like to do is move through them, literally move through them with music. And that's what I teach in the program. And that's what we do as our warm-up exercise every week is this exercise called switch so that we can literally move the emotion. So whatever you're feeling that day, we switch it to, to be positive ones so that our bodies can understand that that's possible. You know, it may not happen that the symptom goes away right away, but at least it can begin to see the shift, right? That it can feel what it would feel like to shift it from anger to love or resistance to acceptance so that it can actually feel that because the bodies know everything, (laughs) right? And they listen to everything. Our cells are listening to everything we say, everything we think, everything we feel. Our cells hear that, feel that. So if we're, if we stay positive and we can switch those negative, I'm not saying, look, everybody has those moments, right? Nobody's perfect. But if we can catch ourselves and switch them quicker, then our cells can respond, right? And begin to understand that, no, that's okay. This is the new normal. Mm. And then can you talk a little bit about, so one of the kind of points you sent through is that this sort of moving through these emotions can be done seated or lying down or visualizing. Can you talk us through Mm -hmm. a little bit about that, the kind of different ways that we can can move through? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I gave an MS talk with, um, one of my local groups here, chapter, local chapter Mm -hmm. here, and nobody stood up during the X, the moving exercise, which was fine. I didn't, I didn't expect because people don't want to, you know, dance in public without knowing other people really well. They feel uncomfortable (laughs) doing that, you know? And so totally. And there was a lot of older people in the group. There were some people in wheelchairs. There were some people on canes. There were They all closed their eyes and I led them through the switch exercise, telling them only to visualize moving wherever they felt comfortable in their, in their mind, in their visualization, moving, like visualizing themselves dancing, whatever space they loved, visualize themselves dancing and switching the emotions as they moved from the negative to the positive. 
Well, one woman after the song was over and we came out of that. So we had gone through probably eight emotions from negative to positive. So four different negatives, four different positives. When we came out of it, she said, wow, I moved my foot for more than four inches. And that's more than I've moved it in four years. And that was not her moving her foot. She said her foot moved when she was visualizing her movement in her head, you know, in her visual, in her mind's eye, she was visualizing herself dancing and switching the emotions. And she said, when she did that, when she went to joy, I think we went from like um, anger to joy or something like that, something like that. But when we, I know what she said, when, when I switched to joy, my foot moved more than it has in four years, Mm. which I didn't write that. I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen, you know, so anything's possible. So you can do it moving, you can do it seated, you can visualize it, you can do it seated, laying down, visualizing it. It doesn't matter how you do it. It's just the fact that your cells are understanding that that is how they move, how they switch. Yeah. Visualization I find is incredibly powerful when I work with people that have pain. So Mm. if they go, oh, when I move a certain way, it hurts. If sometimes with these people, if they lay there and they close their eyes and they visualize themselves moving in that way, they will have pain, even though they're yeah. not actually moving in that way. Right. The, the visualization and the brain so powerfully connected. So. Absolutely. Do you do Joe Dispenza's work? It's like the Joe Dispenza work. I actually just bought his book. I'm not like familiar, oh. but I've just bought like a, a couple of his books actually. To Good. Read. Yeah. <laughs> next on my list. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I'm reading one now. Um, yeah, it's really powerful. Our minds are viable, right? (laughs) They can, um, it's pretty amazing what can happen in our brains and what they can do and then can actually do with our bodies. It's, it's pretty remarkable. And so the fact that I witnessed that in an MS stage, um, I'm sorry, in a, in a talk with an mm-hmm. MS chapter locally was, was like, I couldn't have made that up. Yeah. <laughs> she, you know, and other people in the, in the group had, had amazing responses too. Um, so yeah, I've had a woman who six months ago, she started with me sitting and mm-hmm. couldn't, didn't have her balance um, underneath her couldn't dance with her eyes closed. So she said, I've got to do it seated. I said, that's totally fine. And so she would do it seated. Sometimes her eyes would be closed. Sometimes they would be open because when they were closed, she would get dizzy, but she would just move her upper body, which was totally fine. Now she's dancing standing more than I've ever seen her move before. And her life has gone. I'm just like, I don't even know. I, I I can't even put into words how her life has is begun to shift. I'm not saying this is the only thing she's doing because she's mm. doing, you know, doing other things too. But to go from to see her, to literally witness her go from that, from there to here is like unbelievable. Now she her life has changed in so many ways. And professionally, She's tapped back into, she's been working for other people and writing for other people. She was like, I've been wanting to do this one thing forever and start her own um, like magazine online. And she was like, I just finally started it. I was like, that's amazing. So things are just it's happening left and right with all these women. It's incredible. Pretty incredible to go from sitting. Seated to dancing. To dancing. Yeah. Just this week I was in, I taught her class and even the women in the group were like, wow, it's incredible to watch just for them to have seen her shifts too. They've witnessed her this whole time has been remarkable. It's Mm, been very cool. Yeah. That is very cool. It's very inspiring. Absolutely. And, and a lot of women come to me in desperation. They don't, they, they, uh, some women, in fact, one of the women has said like, I didn't know what to expect with this group. I just thought I would give it a shot. I didn't really Mm -hmm. expect that it was really going to help me. And she came and her desire was to have hope because she didn't have hope anymore. And she's leaving with like light on her face again. (laughs) And she's totally hopeful that her life, you know, she literally was 
yeah, she was not in a good place. And um, yeah, she's changed amazingly. She's starting to see the value of being alive. Let's put it that way. Mm. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. And the power of working in a group, even though that's scary for a lot of people, that's actually the healing power of working in, in group in connection with other women who are understanding of what they're going through is really wonderful. It's really important, which is why I didn't want to do it individually. I wanted to do it as groups. I completely agree. The group setting is so powerful. And even when you just like meditate in a group, it feels Mm -hmm. totally different to doing it on your own. And then also, as you were saying, having the people who understand. Yeah. It's the energy, the exchange of energy. Yeah. It's really powerful. Yeah. Totally agree with you. Okay. And then the other talking point we've got is why having conversations with symptoms transforms your relationship. So we've already sort of talked talked a little bit about this with Roxy Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. your um, leg, but is there anything else you wanted to say about how, you know, having conversations can really transform how you feel about your symptoms? Well, I think it's just that you just have to have a connection with them. I think the Mm -hmm. fact that you can, once you know their character, it makes it more fun, right? Like once you have a, have an idea in your head and I lead my students through meditation to understand who their character of their symptom is. So they literally get to the point of, this is what she looks like. And she's this old woman crunched over and she's wearing these weird scarves and she's doing, you know, like they literally get so detailed about what this person or thing, it can be an object, a thing, whatever, a weird, one woman had like a weird shadow was her, was her symptom. And they, but they get really specific. So the more clear you can get with it, then you actually can start to have a conversation. Like they're just this entity. They're just this character in your story. It's like, think of your life as a play or your body as a play. So you have all these characters, all these different symptoms that are the characters in your play. And Mm -hmm. once you get to know them, then they can become more fun to you. Or you can be like, Hey, Roxy, I don't need you today. Like, like, let's just, can you just go away for a second? I just need some space, you know, like you can, you can start to tell your symptoms, like, or whether you have anxiety, some, a lot of my students have anxiety. And so it's like, I'll be like, just tell your anxiety. You're okay. That you don't need them today. You know, it, it can just be the simplest little way of having that conversation, which I feel like is super important because it can be really impactful. I love that so much. And I think that works kind of any condition, no matter yeah. what you've got. Exactly. Totally. Like you, you get to know your symptoms, get to know what they're telling you, build a relationship mm-hmm. with them. For my listeners with any of your chronic pain conditions, hundred percent recommend do your meditations, tune into your body, get to know them. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you're having pain, find out what its name is, ask the pain, what its name is. Maybe it's in, I don't know how many spots it's in. Maybe it's in your leg and your arm, right? Like maybe that's two different names. It could be two different characters. So, or it's one, and maybe your whole body is in pain and it's one character. It's just, however, whatever comes to you in meditation. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. what I tell and people. Ask it. What does it need from you? What does it need? Exactly. To exactly. Totally agree. Mm. Okay. So who, okay. So let's talk a little bit more about the MS stage. Who is the MS stage for? Mm, good question. So women, <laughs> it's for women. I tend to work with newly diagnosed women, but that doesn't, but I've also worked with women who were diagnosed 10 or or more years ago. So it really works for any woman who has been diagnosed with MS on any stage of their game. Um, And women who enjoy music, (laughs) Mm. Um, women who are ready to make a change in their story around the MS. Um, it doesn't, they don't have to be meditators. I guide them and I would rather them just be open to meditation and open to trying new modalities. And if they don't like to dance, then 
that's okay. They can visualize it. If they can't, if they're in a wheelchair or they're seated or they can't stand up like my one student who couldn't stand for long periods of time, um, that's okay too. So I feel that the main thing is they need to be open to trying new modalities. Um, that's the most important thing. And ready. The thing is, I talk about um, the MS stage. The framework of the MS stage is the hero's journey by Joseph Campbell. And the first stage of the hero's journey is answering the call. So yeah, yeah. I, I talk about be ready. You know, when you're ready to answer the call, then let me know. And then get in touch with me because your body is telling you you're ready to make a change. You need to make a change in your existence around the MS, then answer the call. Your body is telling you that you need to make a change. I love that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that just came to me. Um, yeah. Sometimes I don't even know what's coming through me. <laughs> Yeah, your body is telling you, right? When your symptoms are speaking up, they want something. They want something new. They want something different. They need you to recognize them. They're banging on the door. They're telling you something's up. They want you to listen to them, right? So when your body is telling you they need a change, then you answer the call. A lot of people are too scared to answer the call or make a change, right? But when you're ready... Mm-hmm. That's when the MS stage is is good for you. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of like, in some ways, I feel like, I mean, the MS stage is so new and different. I feel that it's a lot of women who are newly diagnosed who feel lost, who feel like they don't have a good support system that understands what they're going through and, you know, is open to something new and want needs something new. Um, that doesn't just want the traditional support group. That's who this is for. I think that's um, a lot of people are scared to make a change when you said that too. I just noted Mm -hmm. that down. It's interesting because I think when you spend years sort of disconnected from your body, it -hmm. can be really scary to even, even without the MS to tune into what's happening there and then if you add the ms that would just add a whole another layer of you know yeah and so they become a lot of women become frozen in their bodies Mm -hmm. which actually is the opposite of what we do at the ms stage i i work with women to (laughs) embody right to to get embodied and to truly talk to your body to truly get to know your body on a deeper level and your story and the MS on a deeper level to understand why it happened, why it's there. So we do deep work. I'm not going to lie. You know, there's a lot of tears. Um, Those usually happen in the beginning. And as the 12 weeks progress, they get, it gets better and better and better. And then the joy starts to really, you watch as the joy comes in towards the end and it's incredible. So it feels like, yeah, a lot of people are scared to make a change. I totally get that. But I feel like, what else do you have to lose? Hmm. Because if you don't make a change, do you really want to be miserable? Do you want to be hopeless and in desperation of, you don't know what, you know, is possible in your life? I mean, you don't know what's possible in your life. Amazing things are possible in your life. Good can come out of all of this, right? So I, it's all about the mindset shift. Don't play the victim anymore. I'm so Don't play the victim to the MS. Be a friend of it, you know? Yeah. I'm so fascinated how you moved from, I don't know, I guess it was the, how you moved from, you know, avoiding totally avoiding MS to having this such positive, beautiful outlook. And I don't know, it's just so beautiful what you've done. Thank you so much. Yeah. I think I've always been a positive person. I never was like the victim of it ever. Um, but I still kind of ignored it. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't the victim of it because that's never who I am. It's never who I've been. It's just not who I am. Um, So 
Yeah, but I've definitely had this, like in the past five years, I had this super big aha moment when Mm. I realized what I had been doing, you know, (laughs) that like I had been resisting it for that long. And I went, whoa. And then I realized the acceptance was the key. That was the key to healing. And every woman who comes to the MS stage is in the same boat. They are resisting. They don't want to believe it. They don't understand how their life has changed, how they ended up this way, why they ended up this way. It's the why me. It's, you know, all that. They don't want to believe it. They don't want to believe that this is their reality. But then once I can get them into the acceptance, that's the moment that begins to unlock their healing. That's the moment that begins to switch. So that is, that takes, it can take the first six weeks, sometimes a little longer before we get to that point. But once that happens, you can literally see a change in their bodies and their, their face, their eyes start to light up. They begin to like, understand that anything's possible, that they don't have to live a life with limitations, that there are good things ahead of them. That's when things begin to open up. Mm. So is that what it is about acceptance when you finally understand that there are good things ahead of you? Is that, what is it specifically about acceptance that creates Mm. that change? Mm. Interesting. So no, I think it's more about being in the moment, being in the present moment with it, accepting it, knowing that it's real, Mm. that it exists. I'm not saying owning it. There's a big difference in owning it. I'm, I don't own the label. I don't believe in owning the label, which is why I don't say I have it. I am it, whatever. I say I was diagnosed with it, but I still see it, right? It's like, it's this entity that's th- that's right here, right? Or it's like Roxy, my leg, she's over here, you know? So they're all characters in my play. So it's more that it's you're being present with it, that you're accepting it. You're not in denial of it. You're not saying, you're not even, some people don't even talk about it, right? They don't want to talk about it. It's like, I don't want to talk about it, right? That's what people say Um, when they're frustrated or upset. It's like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't, I just, I'm in denial, whatever. But when they switch that and they can begin to actually accept that it exists, then something, the doors start to open. Mm. it's really interesting that uh don't believe in owning the label so mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with it but I'm not it like it's yeah that's so powerful when it comes to healing I find because when mm-hmm. people start owning the label they become it and they can't separate themselves totally. from it and I find it fascinating that yeah it's really well because our cells listen to that too yeah so if your cells hear you say, I have it, I am it, I, whatever, you know, they begin to hear that and then they take it on. They take it on as their identity versus I was diagnosed with it. I'm recognizing that it's there, mm-hmm. but like, I'm going to do something else. You know, I'm going to work through it in a new way. I'm going to be friends with it. I'm going to understand it. I'm going to get to know it better. Um, but I'm going to do something different. Yeah, it differs. Your approach differs dramatically compared to conventional medicine, I would say. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Very true. Very true. Well, um, Megan, it's been such a pleasure talking with you. Um, How can anyone who's interested get in contact with you, learn more about you, learn more about what you do? Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. I love this conversation. Um, So go to at the MS stage on Instagram. You can find me there. You can book a discovery call, free discovery call. I can help you um, in those 20 minutes, figure out what the name of your symptom is and work with it a little bit. Um, Also, I have a free mini course that you can find at the MS stage on Instagram. There's in my link in bio. Um, or on my website, which is the msstage.com. And you can take a free mini course, which is really like you'll learn the tools of the main tools of what we do at the MS stage um, so that you can practice a little bit on your own at home. And yeah, you can find a lot more information there too. 
Mm, that sounds great. Um, is there anything you wanted to add before we wrap up? I don't think so. This has been such a lovely conversation. I loved being here. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, I loved hearing from you. It's um, really fascinating because that's why I say I work predominantly with people who have chronic pain, but right. the parallels and how all of it is, the approaches is really quite similar, working with the emotions and the meditation. And it's just amazing. So thank you. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll do some kind of collaboration down the line or something. Oh, we could do that. That would be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun, right? Yeah. It really, I do believe that this would work. In fact, I did work with a woman, um, not to keep you, but I did work with a woman who um, I was on her podcast and I, she then did an IG live with me and she used to have cancer, but then she was having like a stomach problem. Mm-hmm. And during the IG live, I said, well, why don't you name it? And she did. And then all of a sudden, three weeks later, I said, let me know how that goes for you. Have that story, you know, have that conversation with the symptom, with your stomach, what's going Mm on. And three weeks later, she emailed me and she said, it's gone. She said, my stomach, I named it. It told me what to do. It told me literally what food to get off of. It reminded me that I had, I needed to not be on this food. And I got off the food that it told me to get off of and I'm better. It Mm -hmm. fixed me. And I was like, wow. So it works for anything, it anything does. for sure. There's yeah. a um, book I think you would like that I'm reading at the moment. It's called um, Somatic Internal Family Systems. Oh, well, internal family systems I definitely know about, but somatic internal, interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. So I think you would like that because okay. they talk a little Thank bit you. about you know, the symptoms in the body and how the symptoms are sort of parts of you and they're using yeah. you to tell you something and it's, yeah. it's a brilliant book, but I think you might. Okay. Like that. Thank you. I will, I will check it out. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to stop. Okay. <laughs>